Welcome to the Brilliantly Resilient Podcast. What's your train wreck? Everyone has one. The question is, are you going to live there or are you just visiting? Let's check in with Mary Fran and Kristen to learn how to come through not broken, but brilliant. Hey everyone, before we dive into this week's episode, we have a resource that we wanted to tell you about. Transform every week of yours with our brilliance bit that will deliver right to your email inbox. Sign up for it at brilliantlyresilient.net and keep living brilliantly resilient. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Brilliantly Resilient Live. We have one of my favorite people with us today. She is a brilliant writer. She is a brilliant advocate for women. I'm so excited to welcome back to the show, Selena Resvani, who is the author of Quick Confidence, Be Authentic, Boost Connections, and Make Bold Bets on Yourself. I love the title of that. Selena, thanks so much for joining us again. Thank you, Mary, Fran, and Kristen. It's awesome to be back here. I'm always, first of all, let's note that if for those who can't see this, Selena is wearing her bright orangey top and I decided to match her today because I know her affinity for bright colors, which really fits in nicely with the idea of confidence because they can certainly make you feel emboldened. But so this book came out of basically like a, a LinkedIn newsletter and your tips and your things that you were doing on LinkedIn and you put this into a book. And let me note that you have always been a great advocate for helping women to build their confidence. I've learned a ton from you over the years. So thank you for that. But tell us how this came to be, this book. Yes. Well, thank you for those really nice words. And, you know, for a long time in my career, I felt like that good, but second or third choice job candidate. You know, Um, like not the top, we want her, you know, we're picking you. And it wasn't so much because of competence, but confidence, you know, and when I started committing in my own life to learning confidence in little, small, everyday ways, it really changed my life, truly. And and so, of course, that's something I want to share with other people, because most people don't have a lifetime to learn this and and you know, build up the confidence to do meaningful things. So in my book, Quick Confidence, I share lots of actions that all of us can take, little approachable things, you know, um, to build lasting confidence. You know, it's interesting, Selena, for those of our listeners that are out there that might be a lot like me, I love this book and I love the work that you do because I was a very confident person Mm -hmm. for a long time. And then life just pecked away at me (laughs) and different life situations just started eroding that confidence and and the mixed messages of the world where I was, I mean, I was a a very successful kind of kid, you know, growing up and and I went to an all girls high school where I was built up as a young woman that I had so much to offer. Then I go out in the world of college and the real world and that wasn't the messaging that was happening out in the world that I had to navigate that, you know, and then I built the confidence up again. Then I got into a marriage where it was, it all fell apart. Like, yeah, I've, have you seen that with people that there's like a, you can have these cycles up and down of being confident. Yeah. And I really appreciate you sharing that Kristen. Cause I think a lot of us can relate to not just 
this experience of flying high nonstop. Um, and I think one of the things that is important to realize is a well-lived life is usually full of those up and downs. And sometimes we think, oh, that person with the ideal life over there, they must have nonstop uh, high altitude, feeling great, soaring all the time. And it's just not true. Um, you know, and I think that takes a little reimagining for us that often a well-lived life is standing on the edge of your comfort zone, um, doing things that make you uncomfortable, leaving relationships that aren't mm -hmm. right for you or that you've outgrown. I mean, what a show of confidence that is to me to do that, to, you know, to leave something you've outgrown. Same with a toxic job, right? That's not serving you. That's maybe even hurting you and diminishing you as a person. So um, I, I think that's something that's helped me is changing the goal. You know, the goal isn't to just coast painlessly, mm. but to kind of live expansively. Yeah. You know, it's so much of what you talk about is so relevant to what we talk about in terms of this being brilliantly resilient. You don't ever just get there and stay there. Yeah, <laughs> It really is a constant process full of constant reminders. And that's one of the things that I love about what you did in the, in the book. You have very simple, but how can I say it? Like, things that people wouldn't think about little cues, whether they're physical cues or verbal cues, you know, try this. One thing that I loved was when you were talking about little things like sitting, sit in the back of your chair and take up the whole chair. Don't yeah. like sit on the edge of your chair. Like you're, you're making yourself smaller and like, like a dog, which I have to get to the dog reference too, because <laughs> yeah. that is brilliant. But these little cues that you give throughout are so incredibly helpful because, you know, Confidence, and this was another thing that struck me in the beginning of the book, is almost the direct opposite of vulnerability, but you have to be vulnerable to have confidence. It's a very weird combo, and we need really practical tips, which you provide. So how did you how to figure them out and then put them down in that way? Because they're so helpful. Well, thank you. Um, you know, I think it's, I have a little bit of a bias towards short things, to be totally honest. I, I have young twins and a business and like, it can be intimidating sometimes to say, I'm going to sit down with a whole business book and read it, you know, the 264 pages. So I really appreciate things that are bite-sized, short, but impactful. And, and that's what inspired me to make my newsletter tips focused and then ultimately my book. Um, so it's through a combination of lived experiences, you know, standing in front of an audience of 3,200 people, you are practicing all those tips, <laughs> you know, yourself. Um, but also research and understanding what the latest science is on things, little things, even like standing tall and the impact that that can have on our confidence and esteem. Just standing or sitting taller than we were five seconds ago can make a difference. So I think that the research was also a wonderful thing. And then sometimes in this newsletter community, someone would suggest a best practice that's really worked for them. So some of those are included as well. You know what? I love this. This I did not believe this months ago about this whole 
how you stand and how you sit until I was really, I, I was just going through something really, 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 really tough. And I happened to be listening to Lewis Howes. Now he is a tall guy, athlete, successful, right? And he mentioned the same thing that you're talking about. He said he would have to, he would tell himself to walk like he was trying to get his head to touch the ceiling to feel confident. And I thought if Lewis had moments where he had to tell himself to walk like that and it worked and I and I started doing that, then I I probably look crazy because then I start laughing because you instantaneous, I instantaneously felt better and felt more confident. What What is that? Yeah, well, I love that. Like, thank you for sharing that example because I'm so gonna remember that trick of like trying to touch the ceiling. It's such a good one. But I think the reason these work is they might feel dramatic to us. Like, oh my goodness, I'm taking up so much more space than I might naturally do. But it's really a small thing. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a, a small thing. Like for example, one of the things I recommend, maybe you're at a networking event and you're feeling a little rusty socially is standing in what I call surfer stance. You know, your your feet a little more than shoulder width apart and really kind of claiming your full personal bubble of space. And I think those little actions like standing tall, um, enveloping your full chair in a Zoom meeting rather than perching on the end or making yourself really compact and folding up in the middle, remind your brain, Mm. I belong here. I've earned my place here. Um, I'm, you know, I've, I've earned my place just as much as anybody else who's been invited. Um, I think they can be incredibly confidence boosting for us. And I think it's a bonus what they might convey to other people. Oh, look at her. She looks really at ease in herself. Like, awesome. I want to go talk to her. Um, But I think it's really those little cues sending a message to us. You're enough. You're okay. You have a lot to offer. I love all of that and how it it combines what we feel internally that then what transfers to other people looking at us. And you're absolutely right. Those tiny little adjustments can really make all of the difference in both how we feel, but also how other people perceive us. And really, I think that the the whole confidence thing is, it, it is a perception both on our end and and on other people's ends. But I I have to talk about the dog code Mm -hmm. because that just, that just made me so happy when I read that as a dog person, first of all. And I'm going to let you explain what dog code is because it's, it's just a perfect way to get yourself out of your head and into a new group of people. Yes. And so this can be a tricky thing. We're out there meeting people, maybe at a party, maybe at an event. Um, and we, we might want to approach somebody, but we think to ourselves, I'll just kind of wait and see if they come around in this direction, or I'll see if they come up to me. We can get in this overthinking loop instead Mm -hmm. of having the conversation and the connection. So I love this concept of dog principle or the dog code, which is think about it, Kristen and Mary Fran, you go to somebody's house who has a dog. What do they do when you get there? They they don't stand in the corner and overthink it. They don't talk it over with their friends first. They're like <laughs> coming right up to you, initiating that greeting. 
And, and I love that. Uh, I have a Newfoundland puppy who's a lot like that. And I take a lot of inspiration from it. I think we all can to get out of that overthinking. And if you can start experimenting with being the first and you can work your way up if that's uncomfortable for you to making it a standard where you don't even think twice about it. You are at a barbecue, you walk right up to that unfamiliar face and you say, hi, I'm Selena. Because you've made this kind of rule for yourself, I'm going to be the first, I'm not going to overthink it. And it's really amazing because people will, it's really amazing because (laughs) people will remember you for it. They will appreciate and remember you for it, um, how you kind of broke the ice and made that warm connection. You know, I'm sitting here thinking that I know that this was was intended for, you know, women in business and and women in life. But I'm thinking about my daughter who just graduated high school and she's heading off to college. Right. And she I watched her grow in confidence through high school. Oh, my God. But some of the years I was like, what is happening here? It's the slowest train moving for this. (laughs) And she had a lot of success, but the confidence watching that unfold. And now I'm like, oh, my gosh, can I go through this again of now, you know, stepping into college and she's at a pretty prestigious basketball team that she's going to be playing with, you know, and I know that that's weighing on her mind. And I feel like all of these things can apply to her. And I love that they're bits because, you know, Carissa only listens to me for so long, people. I don't know. I mean, she doesn't want to hear my TED talk. I don't get it. But and little bits that she can. And I'm just thinking about when I say to her, think about Daisy, our crazy little poodle mix that she runs right up to the door and and wants you know to say hi to everybody. And, and that's something that she can take with her and think about. And then, you know, and she is very tall and walking taller um, into a room. That. It's very practical for lots of different things. I'm so happy to hear that. And I think it's applicable to those new grads as well, or early in the workforce individuals too. Um, and I think one of the other tips that can help her or or others who might deal with people who are intimidating, mm-hmm. which let's face it, a lot of people are intimidating when you're newly in college or you're new in the workforce, um, is to kind of change some of your mindsets around that person who we might be putting up on a pedestal. Maybe it's like a new boss. Um, And to really try to make a point in, in terms of building your own confidence to interact with the person, not the power. You know, not Melissa, the chief marketing officer of a fortune 50 company, you know, but Melissa, who is, a friend and a mom and a sister potentially, and, um, you know, a flesh and blood human being who probably wanted 10 more minutes of sleep this morning, just like you did, you know? (laughs) And, and so I think that's another important one. You know, sometimes our confidence erodes when we're around someone we perceive as like a VIP or an authority, there's a way to respect them while keeping your confidence and dignity, you know? And I think part of it is, you know, don't create such a difference, you know, speak to them respectfully peer to peer. That goes back to, to one of the other things that you talk about. Um, and this, I have been guilty of this more times than I care to, to recall in my life is that, that we often will have a tendency, 
especially in those situations to want to demonstrate our smartness. Oh, here's yeah. what I know. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to prove that I can be here. Here's what I know. And I have, I can't tell you how many times stood in those situations and rehearsed something smart air quotes here, because in retrospect, sometimes it wasn't. And, and, you know, just to spout that off. And what you said was to relate, as you said, to the human, because warmth, friendliness, and kindness are the things that, that you show through. And then the skills, the ability and the intelligence and, and all of that come after that. But, but leaders, you said, if, if you show warmth, they have, if they don't show warmth, low warmth, a one in 2000 chance to be a top leader. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you show that initial warmth and relate as a human, you make a connection that then you can build on. Is that what we're getting out of that? Yes. Yeah. And thank you for raising that, but you're absolutely right. It's so counterintuitive, isn't it? Especially for achiever types, because you (laughs) want to be like, but really, I know things. I know stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, maybe I'm your new boss. And like, I want to convince you of that fact, you know, that I come with experience and credentials and all of that. But it's, you know, it's really true that when we start with warmth, it's like a door, you know, a door opener that that invites people in. That's That makes your credentials, your smarts, your experience a welcome addition. But first treat me like a human, you know, talk to me like I'm a person, be genuinely curious, um, you know, ask follow-up questions, maybe express empathy if it makes sense in the conversation. You know, I've just told you I'm a salesperson with a huge territory. You know, you might say something like, wow, that sounds like a lot to manage or cover. These are the things that help us build that initial rapport with somebody. So you're so right. Start with warmth, and then bring in that focus on your competence later. You know, I'll it's try so to remember true. That. I'll try to remember that. <laughs> but I mean, think about this. So, so I mean, Selena, you've you've been on uh, mega stages and stuff too, like Mary Fran and I. <laughs> when you think about this, people, you come off the stage, and especially you know, if you, as authors with a book, and people are like, oh. you know, you are, and we're Mary Fran and I. So many times, look at each other, like if they only knew. Yeah. What we went through, you know, like we always joke that we'll be like having this mega thing, especially on Zoom, you know, and we're talking to this big company and people are like, oh, my gosh, you guys are just so, you know, up here. And then we're like, they have no idea. She was just cleaning up Play-Doh and my dog threw up while I was talking. Like, yes, so. yes there's bu- bubble gum holding the whole operation together. Yes. Days. But so. when we started, when people were reacting, I'm like, oh, my God, they have no idea. It honestly, I started looking at other people that I. I had, I was a little bit like intimidated by and, and on that pedestal, and I'm thinking, hold on a second, you know, and especially when they would share, oh my gosh, when somebody that I am just like, oh my gosh, oh, when they share a story, like, like their dog took off and drug them through the woods, you know, that kind of a thing. I'm like, I love them so much more. They're, they're more relatable to me. And I learn more. That's that warmth element mm-hmm. is like the breeding ground for an, an incredible relationship and a learning experience. Completely agree. And, and kind of the opposite of a transaction, you know, it's like fertile ground for trust, openness, you know, mutual helping, um, you know, that kind of relationship. So I love your addition, though, of like bringing a relatable, honest, 
moment, mistake, maybe something yes. you learned from in your own life, what that's a, a huge door opener. Hmm. So th there were a couple of things oh, okay. here that, that I wanted to, to, to really touch on. One of the things, first of all, I, I think I mentioned this at the beginning about your love of bright colors. And, and one of the things that you talk about was about being conspicuous and, you know, it, it, it goes perfectly in line with this walking taller and all that. But I, I wrote a book a while ago called the 12, the, the 10, whatever the heck it was, the 10 commandments or 11 commandments for great, not granny panties or something like that. I can't even remember the title of the book, but one of the commandments was thou shalt be conspicuous mm. with that same idea in mind. And being conspicuous doesn't necessarily mean being loud or whatever. At one point you say, um, try to, to give yourself an opportunity to contribute three times. Like you have that thing in your mind, but, but how can you be conspicuous without being obnoxious and maybe overstating your case or whatever? So give us a couple of tips about that. Yeah. I love, uh, that you kind of brought that into the conspicuous. Cause sometimes when I'm talking about conspicuous, I'm talking about bigging up your body language. Like we've talked about, um, you know, really claiming that full personal bubble of space. For example, if you're nervous, not keeping your arms right, you know, glued to your rib cage and, and kind of speaking in this tiny little bubble, but being willing to expand and use your gesturing, for example, to add to your message, to reinforce what you're saying. We see people who gesture, by the way, as warmer and more energetic than people who kind of don't use their hands. So this is a good thing if if uh, you're a natural- For the Italian than me, that I'm always doing this, that's okay? Okay. It's okay. It's okay, <laughs> especially if it, if it reinforces your message. You know, maybe you're kind of counting out a list or you're talking about a spike in customers. You know, using your body language to hit those points home can actually- help people remember and comprehend what you're saying. Um, you know, so it's not just this little add-on. It it actually helps us. I think that's one important way we can be conspicuous. But I think the the speaking up is important. And I recommend three times, you know, introducing yourself early. And I think that's important because um it breaks the ice, even if it's just for you you know, just in your own mind, it breaks the ice of interaction with that group of people. So if you're joining a Zoom, being one of the first to say, hi, everybody, it's Selena. Or maybe you need to add more to that if it's a group that doesn't work together every day and doesn't quite know each other. But being one of the first to speak um, breaks the seal for you, makes you feel like I've already talked in this meeting. So saying something later is not going to be a big deal. And then coming in with a, a bridge statement um, you know, I like what you're saying, Mary Fran, I have a related idea. Hmm. Uh, you know, you can even use that if you're afraid of being a little bit obnoxious seeming to praise someone else. Kristen, that is a really great connection. I haven't heard someone make that point before or connect these two elements like that before. It makes me think of, you know, so it doesn't just have to be the, the you show, you know, you could be bringing along others and amplifying other people's messages. Um, and then I think it's great if you can ask a question, like a tough question of the group, you know, um, it may be a question you don't know the answer to yourself, you know, 
what user of our product have we not considered? You know, this has been a great conversation, but like, what's a rock we haven't turned over yet that that we should be looking at? People often appreciate that person who's bringing a little perspective. So just three examples of things that you could bring into the conversation um, or even to be that sim- that synthesizer. You, you know, know, what's so interesting to me as you're talking, I'm thinking about when you said about introducing yourself, like like start talking first. Here's what I've noticed in the world for those people that are like are the introverts um, and and at the parties, you know, want to stand back and, and wait for everybody to come as opposed to like my Daisy getting out there and meeting everybody and myself. Let's be honest. <laughs> Here's what I've noticed when I was teaching my blind sons growing up about just just so social skills. Right. And I observed and watched people feel so awkward. They don't know they're not typically around a blind person. Right. And it got real awkward when they would go to. Like I would introduce my Michael and someone would go to shake his hand. It just was awkward. So Mm -hmm. I was like, guess what? From now on, when we walk up to somebody, introduce yourself and put your hand out first and they will come to your hand, right? So that was a wonderful skill for for people that are blind. However, I got so used to doing that with the boys that when I'm out and about, I always introduce myself. Like I'll just walk up and say, hey, I'm Kristen Smedley. And I watch people relax, like physically relax that I've come to them or, and oh my gosh, when my blind sons introduce themselves first and put their hand out, the relaxing that happens, I guess all of us are are feeling bizarre and awkward and who steps in first. So when you do it first, then the person, you know, is like, oh, thank God you said something first, you know, and then it starts that growing from there. And you know what, that's such a beautiful example. And like, let's be real. I don't think we all always feel acknowledged. Um, So I think sometimes something as simple as initiating a warm hello, it's like a little gift. You know, it, it actually feels like, thank you, like a little uh, moment of validation and mattering. Uh, so I, I never underestimate, you know, how much it can mean to kick it off and be the first. I love that story about your son. Hmm. Now, everything here is the thing that's beautiful about all of this is it is it's very simple. All of it is very simple, simple to an act, tiny, simple adjustments to make. So I guess if if you're just starting to build your confidence, what would be maybe the three things that you would say, start on this first. I think one of them would probably be the initiating the hello. Yeah, I think that can double your social confidence. Um, And and again, help you get out of your head and into connecting. And by the way, sometimes people will say to me, but what if I get there and then what? You know, like what after I break the ice and I've said hello? It's okay. Not every connection is going to be golden and wonderful and deep and meaningful. Um, You know, so I think part of it is being proud of yourself for getting there. Uh, You still validated and showed that person that they matter. Um, You maybe had a short discussion, but don't expect them all to be, you know, lovely, great, deep and meaningful. I think another thing I've noticed about confident people in studying this is confident people tend to keep promises that they make to themselves. 
you know, just like it feels really good for you and I, when we make a promise and like, here's your necklace back that I borrowed. Thank you so much. Feels good. Doesn't it to, you know, make good on your word. It's the same with us. You know, when we say I'm going to apply for that cool scholarship tomorrow, or I'm going to reach out to so-and-so about that amazing opportunity I'm interested in. We get a little ego cookie in a good way when we follow through. Um, And unfortunately, the opposite happens when we make those promises and continually break them. Mm -hmm. So some of my advice to people is think about making smaller or fewer promises to yourself, you know, thinking twice before you say I'm going to blank. Uh, If you're doubtful, you know, that you can't do it um, or, you know, consider shrinking the size of that that thing. Maybe instead of, you know, I don't know, write a book, right? It's write an outline <laughs> for blog text. first. Is yeah, it, start yeah. the blog. That's right. Start a blog, <laughs> write a rough outline of the introduction, right? Something like that. Um, because you set yourself up to win. And and don't we all want that to build on those little wins um, and kind of nurture them into a superpower? So I think that's a really important one. And then, um, Mary Fran, you mentioned bright clothing. And I joke with people like, I really love bright clothing, not so I can be seen from outer space or anything, (laughs) but because it makes me feel more optimistic, bolder, um, happier, some of the things I, I want to feel. And so there was a really great study from Northwestern University that shows we tend to take on, you know, the attributes of the clothes we wear, Hmm. tend to play the part. Mm. So if an outfit makes us feel kind of timid or don't come too close to me, we are going to feel those feelings. And if an outfit really empowers us and emboldens us, we are going to feel and behave more in that way. So I think just a small thing we can do is ask ourselves, when was the time that you felt unstoppable in something that you wore Hmm. can be totally different for you, me, and a third person. Um, But what is that for you? And try to think of the main premise, you know, was it color? Was it cut? Was it something about comfort? Um, And see if you can replicate that even two or three times. So you have some go-to power outfits, you know, in the moments that really matter for you, that make you feel confident, that bring out those exact traits you're wanting to embody. I love so many things about everything that you said. I mean, there, there, there is, there are so many ways that we can build our confidence and they're all completely doable. So I am just beyond thrilled that you came to share this with us. Now, where can people find the book and hear more about your message? Well, thank you for all you both do to raise people up. Um, Quick Confidence is available anywhere books are sold. You can find it on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. And you can follow me on social media. I put out leadership development content five days a week. Um, So on TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, et cetera. And uh, please say hello and share your feedback with me. I would love to hear it. Thank you so much for joining us, Selena. It's always a pleasure. And I always learn so much from you. We're so grateful. And I know our audience will be too. So thank you again for joining us. And I'm going to turn it over to my buddy. 
This has been awesome. Look, people, stand up straight. Stand up straight. <laughs> introduce yourself first and wear power outfits. I love it. I absolutely love it. And I love that they are in bite-sized pieces. It's like you were just meant to be in our family here and in our tribe, <laughs> Selena, because we've got the brilliance bit that we direct everybody to go get to keep yourself living brilliantly resilient all week long. We deliver it right to your inbox. You'll see Selena in one of our brilliance bits soon with this episode. So go to brilliantlyresilient.net and get that brilliance bit sent to you every week. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks for tuning in to the Brilliantly Resilient podcast. Join our Facebook group and follow us on YouTube to be inspired with tools to reset, rise, and reveal your brilliance.